Hi, this is Asian Miles Apart. We are three friends who met in the UK and now live miles apart from home in different countries. I'm Regina in Hong Kong. I'm Pin in London. And I'm Crystal in Singapore. Join us weekly as we discuss our lives abroad from an Asian perspective. Having a positive body image is so important for a woman, yet it's so difficult to achieve and not something that we were educated on. Somehow, at some point in life, we all had thought that we needed to look a certain way. There have been so many of these beauty ideals set with how a woman or how an Asian woman should look, and new trends seem to come and go very often. So today, we'd like to touch on the topic of Asian beauty ideals, and more importantly, the impact of these beauty standards on our body image. So, body image. Now, this is something that I can definitely relate to. I've basically grown up thinking that I need to look a certain way. For example, having huge round eyes with double eyelids, have fair skin and long hair, be thin or petite. And honestly, I was none of those. Well, except for maybe fair skin and long hair. So yeah, it was really difficult for me. Also, I feel that Asian beauty ideals are just really extreme and the ideals seem so unachievable. So what do you ladies think about Asian beauty standards? I guess in terms of Asian beauty standards, like you said, there's trends that comes every so often, I suppose. Um, but normally, it's, you know, you need to have fair skin, clear skin, you need to be thin. Long hair is better than short hair. You need to have like tiny waist, I guess. But everything else, like even your butt, <laughs> needs to be big but <laughs> not humongous. <laughs> I've not heard of this big butt one. No, no, I know this big butt one. It's like a big butt, then you use ho sang yes. yong, right? Oh, right? That means you can give birth easily because you have big pelvis area. <laughs> yeah, but it's a bit contradictory. Yeah. And then obviously now, I think with all the Korean beauty standards, I think that has, <laughs> to me, that's elevated a little bit more, right? Like the expectations. Yeah. There's this new thing, which I don't really understand. Like to look younger, you have little bodies of fat oh. under your eyes. Yeah, like a little eye bag. Yeah. Like they would darken the area purposely to look younger. <laughs> but you know what? I think maybe it's because they think that younger people stay up later. <laughs> and then, I, I don't know if it's because of that. that you stay up later, you get eye bags the next day. Yeah. But I think for myself, when it comes to Asian standard, I think back in school, the popular girls would have big eyes, long lashes, small nose. Oh yeah. Small face and cute smile. And obviously like a very slim body. I think this is a stereotypical popular Asian girl set that come to my mind when I think of what an Asian boy would like. Yeah. But I don't know why all these standards were instilled in us since young, right? Because yes. maybe because like we think, that, okay, this is what Asian boys would like. Yeah. And can I just say, and I don't know if this is true, but I think it's true, right? Like, I mean, three of us, we are like super tall for Asian standards. Well, super caveat a bit, like, for Asian standards, we are quite tall. Yeah, we are. Right? And the beauty standard is petite girls, right? <laughs> petite girls yes. equals to girls that you want to protect. Whereas the three of us, we are just so opposite, right? No one wants to even come close to us because we I look know. like we're going to slap them in the face. <laughs> we are like the opposite of petite. So, I mean, it's just quite funny. Well, yeah, but I think like there's definitely two parties. One where the boys would like the typical fragile-looking damsel, <laughs> damsel in <laughs> girls. Yeah. and then there's yeah, and then there's always obviously another group who is into you know those model-looking oh, tall, yeah. lean Asian girls. 
Yeah. So yeah, it's really hard to generalize the type of beauty standards when it comes to just men in general, I think. Yeah. So if we think back to when we were kids, why do you think we have this idea in our head of the stereotypical pretty Asian woman? Was it because those are the people who appear on TV and shows and that's how models look like? Because no one explicitly told us that pretty equals large eyes. Actually, for me, I think it's family instilled, honestly. Oh, really? I would say like, maybe among the three of us, I have the least body image issues. I don't think about that on the daily. But then I was thinking, actually, in a way, right, I'm overcompensating on other areas because of how I was brought up thinking about like my body image. Because when I was younger, my family would always say that I'm the least attractive of my siblings. <laughs> no! Wow! Hey, seriously! Nah. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth, right? Number one. And they always say things, and this is not body image related, they always say things like, oh, you're not brilliant, but you're just hardworking. Ooh! Wow! It's like these kind of things, you know, I mean, it could be true, right? And I'm fine with it, but it's very hard to take, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it can go both ways, right? When you t- say such thing to a kid, mm. it's either that, okay, I'm, I'm going to prove to you that I can be yes. successful, even though I'm not brilliant. Or it could go the other way, where the kid... They're just super depressed. Yeah, low yeah. self-esteem. I think I'm lucky in that I went the former way, right? Like I'm like, F you guys. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to prove mm-hmm. to you that I don't need to be pretty, whatever, right? A certain way to be successful. Yeah. And I was thinking about this, right? I feel that there's a few things, right? The success metric, for a female and male is very different. Yeah. For female, right, the success metric is being able to marry well. And in order to marry well, the pathway, I guess, or the enabler for you to marry well is to be hot and pretty. And for men, it's like, that doesn't even come to play. For them, the metric for success is how much money you have. Yeah. And it's so weird, right? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's why, I think when we're talking about body image, right, I think it's not just a problem that's to do with how we perceive our own body. I think this is a problem that is quite deeply rooted, caused by patriarchal society, Mm, you know, where (laughs) women's life goal and self-worth actually derive from finding a life partner. And in in order to do that, you need to look a certain way to satisfy men. Yeah. So I think this is not just a problem about body image and that is in women. And I think that a wider topic about gender equality and how we should help women understand their values and priorities in life. Yeah. And I think answering Pin's questions on like, why do you think we have this perception since young? I think a lot of it comes from media and advertising as well. Because if I think back when I was younger, whenever I went to department store in the cosmetic sessions, all the ads were solely white Caucasian models. Mm. And that was a huge thing in the 90s, I think especially in Malaysia. All the cosmetic ads like L'Oreal, perfume ads, they were all white Caucasian models who usually have big eyes, tall nose bridge. So I think maybe in a certain way, a lot of our standard of beauty in Asia, actually even until to this day and age, is very influenced by the Western standard of beauty. And I also noticed that when I recently I've moved to Hong Kong and uh, I do a lot of shoppings on Taobao. <laughs> whenever I look at the fashion section, a lot of the description and title for clothing usually have the word yang qi in it. And yang qi means to have this western aura. Oh, really? <laughs> Direct translation. Oh. Yeah. 
So it will be like, okay, this is a very young chi top. <laughs> you know, and also like in Asian society, if someone wants to compliment another person, they will say like, I love your top. You look very young chi. <laughs> you look, meaning you look so westernized. And that's actually a compliment. But I think that is actually highly problematic. Yeah. But it, it is an issue that is so common in Asia. Yeah. At what age do you think mm-hmm. these body image things started to be sort of implanted in you? Because I can remember this um funny story, right? So I, I remember when I was, I was seven years old and I travelled to Kyoto with my family and there's uh, a temple called Kiyoyi... Wait, it, there's a temple called <laughs> Kiyomizudera Temple. And in that temple, there's a waterfall that splits into three streams and each of the stream represents a different thing and you can only choose out of two of the three. And you can choose beauty, health or wealth and you basically take a cup and you like drink it, right? And I'm only seven, and I'm just, what I chose was beauty and wealth. And now I'm thinking at the age of 30, looking back, I was like, oh my god, Crystal, you <laughs> dumb girl. <laughs> you should have chose health, right? You chose beauty and wealth. I mean, fine, it's not wrong, but... You know, what do you think was the cause? At what age did you start having that? For me, it's like seven, right? I start to get that. That's the vivid memory that I have. For me, it was probably around high school time, so definitely later than seven. Because when I think back of primary school, I don't think I ever thought of my looks or body before. I think my focus was somewhere else. I was really focused on like doing well academically and mm. things like that, which is really odd. But then when I went to high school, then I think that was when you know puberty hit, yeah. and then there was just m- more focus placed on how you look. And then people will say like, oh, do you know this girl from this class and she's like so pretty. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. When you yeah. hear a lot of those comments, yeah, you start yeah. to think, oh. And then yeah, that was when I started becoming a lot more conscious about how I looked. I think the first time I was actually quite conscious about my own body was probably at around the age of 12. So I have to give some context. Like I'm quite skinny. When I was in high school, I was about 170 centimeters and like 45 kg. So I was definitely underweight. And then at the age of 12, I was quite conscious that the girls around me, they were starting to wear bras. <laughs> but then I was still very flat-chested. And because I'm so skinny, there's not much meat around the chest area, really. <laughs> so, but then I'm not sure whether it's from the media or newspaper, but I definitely was aware that having a bigger breast is like the standard of beauty. And I had this thought at the age of 12 that, oh wow, people around me, you know, they are starting to wear bra and like they have slightly larger breasts. And I had this idea that, okay, one day I'm going to have breast enhancement because I was quite insecure about like how flat-chested I was. So I think like that was the first time, you know, where this body image issue occurred in my mind. Yeah. So Crystal, have you ever had this kind of issue where an incident kind of triggered how you view your body? I I don't think I have very deep-rooted body image issues. Oh, I need to talk about this. This is a funny story. <laughs> I was very tanned when I was young. Like, very tanned, right? And this is hilarious. I went to visit my great-great-grandmother. And she, obviously, eyesight's not very good, right? And she was lying down and she was giving ang pao to all the great-grandchildren and I was one of them. So I went and take it. And she stopped me. She's like, she said in China, I don't know what she was saying. She's like, hey, you're not my grandchild, you're a helper. Oh my goodness. Because <laughs> I was so tanned. And I was like, what? Like, that's, I mean, firstly, what's wrong with being tanned? And secondly, why would you say that? Like, that's so rude, right? I was very young, uh, that, yeah, but that was quite crazy in my mind. Yeah, I think that speaking of all these kind of random comments from people we know, 
I actually get that kind of comments a lot, especially in Asia, you know, like just visiting, say, relatives mm-hmm. or like running into my mom's friends. I think a lot of time when I was a lot younger, when I get introduced to them, they'll be like, oh, wow, you're really skinny. You need to eat more, you know. People are so used to the idea of commenting on someone else's appearance. Yes. That it's just a norm. It's almost like a way of showing care to someone else. I do get it still now, even Chinese New Year when I go home, right? So... I remember my mom once told me that um, one of our neighbours mm-hmm. who saw me when I was a baby, anyway, like, I think 10 or 15 or 20 years later, when she saw me again, she told my mom something along the lines of, oh, she looks so different now. Oh, when I saw her as a baby, like, I didn't want to tell you, but she just didn't look very nice. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> to a baby as well. Oh my God. That's so I was bad. like, I was a baby. Like, how do you want me to look? So bad. So do you think it's right or wrong to have this standard of beauty? Or do you think we would be better off in a society where actually everyone's kind of don't really care about image? Or do you think it will be there no matter what happens? I think the answer to the question is that yes, there will always be a loose definition of what beauty means. I think it's not possible to say that we should abolish standard of beauty at all because we will always have an opinion on like what's pretty and what's not. Having said that, what is hazardous to our mental health and I think how we view beauty is that when there's a lack of diversity in terms of body types on mainstream medias, you know, for example, televisions or fashion magazines or advertising campaign claiming that this is the center of beauty. The perfect body is to have large perky breasts or like skinny waist, nicely shaped bum. I think that's when I see it's problematic when there is a lack of diversity in terms of what a ideal body type should be and if someone imposed this idea of what a perfect body image should be on us. Yeah, I think I agree. So I guess the problem is that media tells us that this type of body or face or whatever is ideal, right? And everyone strives to achieve that. But actually, the message should be beauty comes in different forms. And yes, everyone is entitled to have their own standard of beauty and what they think is pretty. But I think the issue is people seem to be saying that you have to look this way, otherwise you're not pretty. Mm. There was this huge controversy, I remember, a few years ago, where this protein powder brand had this advertisement in the tube station basically saying something along the lines of, are you ready for summer or are you summer board ready yet? With this photo of this really toned woman. And that's bad, right? Because you're telling people that you have to look like that to wear a bikini and look good. And that's one of the things that really had an impact on me because I've struggled my whole life of wearing swimsuits. It scares me to wear a swimsuit because I look nothing like that. And I'm actually still a bit scared right now, even thinking about wearing a swimsuit. Oh, I'm so scared, don't worry. (laughs) I'm scared. (laughs) So yeah, I think the messaging to people from the media is key. Yeah, so maybe like let's talk a little bit more about that. So growing up, how have you dealt with your body image issues? How has this impacted your confidence and whether or not this has changed over the years? Yeah, so for me, I've struggled with body image issues my whole life. Like seriously, my whole life. I guess to me, it's probably one of my main struggles in life. So yeah, I've done a lot of crazy things. So to give you an example, honestly, this was when I was 12 or 13. So like my first or second year in high school, I got so obsessed about how I looked. 
and I felt like I was fat. And I got so depressed and I just kept telling my mom like, oh my goodness, I'm like so fat and like everyone else is so thin. And my mom started feeling bad for mm-hmm. me. So there was one day I saw this ad. You know, like Malaysia had a lot of slimming mm. boutiques. Oh yeah. And I told my mom that I really want to go try it out. I'm not sure why my mom agreed to this. She probably should have said no, but I think she just wanted to make me happy. So she was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. So I ended up going to this place for like a whole year. This is like a slimming place and I was 13. So what they do is they basically like slap on all this gel around me and then they wrap (laughs) me in these like sheets that's connected to a machine and will heat up to quite hot. That's supposed to melt your fat. But honestly, I think what it does is that it obviously makes you sweat Mm. and you lose water weight. So that was one of the things. And I went there for like a year almost every day. And I have no idea how my mom had the commitment to actually drive me there every day and wait for me for 45 minutes to an hour. But it was just insane. But yeah, I've done a lot of crazy stuff and been on so many diets. You name it, I've done it. And they've been very unhealthy. To conclude, I think... It really had an impact on me and I still struggle with it now. I would say less so because I think I used to obsess over my body like every second of my life when I was younger. And now I still think about it now and then. But two things. So A, I think I deal with it a bit better. So I go about it in a healthier way. I don't go on crash diets anymore. I just need to eat healthier and try to work out and do my best. Mm. And B, I guess, I just try to remind myself that how I look at my body is not everything. I have other Mm. good values and it doesn't mean that because I don't look like the standard pretty, then I'm worthless, which was honestly what I thought when I was younger. But yeah, that's my story. I guess, would you have preferred for your mom to say no in that situation when you were 12 or 13 saying that I want to go for a slimming program? I think that's a very good point because back then, obviously, I would be upset if she had said no. But now, like you say, looking back and knowing what I know now, I wish that she would have told me, you shouldn't worry about this. You shouldn't worry about how your body looks. You are off a healthy weight. Yeah. So I wish that was the message. Mm. Yeah. So when did you... Because you said you are at a much better place now, right? Like, you don't buy into the crash diets and stuff and you're more like coming from a healthier point of view. When was that shift in mindset for you? And, and what was the trigger for that shift, I guess? Ooh, I think probably like a few years ago. Um, I think I got to this point where I was just so tired of going on crash diets. I can't remember exactly whether or not there was like a specific trigger point. I guess it was a bit more gradual. I think I've been a bit more conscious about this whole body image issue, maybe even earlier, say like six, seven years ago. It's just that whilst I know, yes, I shouldn't attribute so much value to how I look, actually feeling that way, I think is very different, right? Because you you know this is not right, but because it's so ingrained in you, it really takes a long time for you to actually buy into it and believe it and feel that way. So yeah, I think it's a journey, Mm. but something to work on. So apart from, say, body image issue, because obviously before this, you were mentioning about Asian beauty standard and how you think that you don't have any of them. For example, the big, big eyes and uh, the V-shaped face. How did you deal with this information you have and how did you deal with yourself not having this kind of features? Yeah, it was really difficult. Honestly, I was like considering plastic surgery because I was like, yeah, I need to like, get rid of my eyes and I like, fix them and I like, fix my nose bridge mm. and I like, fix everything else. 
So there was, I think, a period of time I was doing a lot of research on epicantic fold surgery, and it was really difficult. I was doing all sorts of things. Mm. I learned makeup mainly because I was like, oh, okay, I need to learn how to contour my nose mm. and, you know, double eyelid tape. Oh, by the way, to prepare for today's episode, I actually put on some double eyelid tape. Did you? Wow. <laughs> Can you guys tell? Uh, yeah, you have double eyelid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think because I know you guys for very long, right? And you know, there's five of us in our group. That's me and the chairwoman, which she shall not be named. I don't think we got that much body image issues. Whereas at mm. some points, the rest of you, so including yourself, Pin and Regina, I've heard you say certain statements. Pin, I've heard you say you want to do plastic surgery, you're doing this diet, and then you will say things like, oh, I'm ugly, or you know, I, I feel like terrible. And then Regina, I've heard that you said that you want to do plastic surgery, get poop enhancement. So, mm. at that point, I was like a bit of a naysay. I was like, guys, no, don't be silly. But then I think now, I think it depends. And I guess that's the next question, mm. right? If someone says they want to do plastic surgery, is it okay or not? And my perspective is that I think 8 out of 10, maybe not 8, like 6 or 7 out of 10 times, you shouldn't do it, right? But if it's like causing you so much unhappiness... Mm. then you should do something about it, right? Because if Especially if you have the resources. But it's also a very th- thin line, right? Because you need to make sure that if you're doing it, you're not putting yourself in that spiral where you might potentially make it into an addiction. And and I guess, even though I say I'm like, you know, if you want to do plastic, it's up to you. I would still say that, hey, just maybe try to get over that insecurity first. And then once you're like confident enough and you think, oh, you know what, I just want to do it, then I think that's good. But I think for anyone to come to that point, it's very mm. hard. So it's easier said than done. Yeah, I think speaking of body image insecurity, I feel like this is quite a prominent issue, especially for someone in their 20s. This kind of body insecurity can be quite bad. But I think I've also heard a lot of people saying that, you know, before I turned 30, I've heard people saying that, you know, women are more confident when they hit 30 years old. And I have to say, I think this is, you know, actually somewhat true because my view towards mm. my body has definitely mm. improved. Um, like you say, you know, when I first met you, when I was, that was in my early 20s, um, I, yeah, I was talking about, you know what, I'm going to get breast implant, I'm going to go research. And then I saw the price and I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe I'll do it when I'm, when I'm older and I have more money. <laughs> but you know what, now that I'm older, it actually doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. Obviously, I still don't like the fact that, you know, I have small breasts and then I wish they are bigger, but then it really doesn't bother me to the extent that I feel like, Mm. okay, I need to get plastic surgery. I'm pretty comfortable with how it is now and I think that my priority has shifted as well. So I think if someone else wants to do plastic surgery, I would probably tell them my own story saying that this was how I felt when, when I was in my 20s. I was insecure about my own body for various reasons. But you come to a point where you feel like this is really not the most mm. important thing in your life to look a certain way. I think that would be my advice for people who wants to yeah. go for plastic surgery. But obviously, you know, there's really nothing wrong yeah. with wanting to look better if that really affects your confidence. Mm. The other thing that I was a little bit concerned was that, you know, I had stretch marks on my bum area. Oh my goodness, same. That's why I hate wearing swimsuits. Yeah. People talk about stretch marks when women who have just given birth, they have stretch marks. And I guess I had stretch marks because uh, I was very skinny and then when I moved to UK, I suddenly gained a lot of weight. So, And I used to use this stretch mark cream from Clarins, I remember, when I was about like 18 years old. But now I just really don't care about my stretch marks anymore. Say if I'm at the beach or like if I'm at a junk boat party now and that I'm wearing a bikini, I really have no concern about my stretch marks at all and uh, I'm fine with showing them because like it's just really a normal part of human body. Yep. Um, Sorry, I just want to go back to the topic of plastic surgery. I'm really two-minded about it because 
in my mind, it's like we should be telling people that you should try to accept your body as it is, right? But then I can't reconcile that with, yes, go do plastic surgery to change how you look because that's just like conflicting messages. I think finding the balance is important, like you say, but I don't have the answer. The thing is, it's not wrong, right? It's not. If you really want to change something and it really bothers you, then do it. But then, again, it goes against the whole message of Mm. teaching young girls to be comfortable with how they look. Yeah. I think it's not black and white. And I think it's like a set of criteria, right? Maybe that you need to think, like a checklist first, right? Decision points before you embark on plastic Mm. surgery. Number one is, how much does it bother you? Number two is, how long has it bothered you? Number three is, if you wait another five years, do you think you will still be bothered by that? (laughs) <laughs> Crystal's five-year check. Yeah, the last is, will it become an addiction, right? I, I don't know. I think there's like so many things that you need to think about. And the balance is different, right? The way the line is drawn is very different for different individuals. Yeah, I agree. I think the other issue is there are actually a lot of advertisements in the MTR stations on plastic surgery. And that's such a common thing in Hong Kong that people have become quite accustomed to seeing plastic surgery advertisements everywhere. And I'm not sure how I feel about it because it can be quite unhealthy Mm. for young girls to constantly be bombarded with ads saying that this is how you should look like, you want to look better. Basically, there's a standard set for looking better. And then comparing this with tube stations in the UK, there are actually less... Oh, yes advertising on body image in general. So I think that there's definitely a difference between the Asian culture and then the Western culture in terms of encouragement in looking better. Yeah, Yeah. I think in the West, there's been a movement, and this has been going on for years, right, that tries to encourage that beauty actually comes in different forms. Mm. So actually, for some reason, I feel less Mm. of a pressure of how I should look like in the UK. I'm not sure whether it's because they don't really impose the same beauty standards or just that it doesn't come across as strongly as it does in Asia. And I think in general, I feel like a bit better because people here are generally bigger. So I feel I'm like the standard size here. Yeah, actually I have that struggle when I moved from London back to Asia, right? In London, I'm tall. I would say like average height, right, in the UK. Even size, I'm like an S, right? Or X, well, S, yeah. When I was in London, I was like S. But in Asia, it just makes me feel so bad because I'm M or L. Yes. And it's just like, oh my god. Taking a step back, right? You know, obviously, like, I've been friends with you guys and I've heard different statements from you regarding things that you wanted to do to your body. But I think pin one was a bit more drastic, I would think. And I think there was this point in, in our friendship and in your life where you were very, very negative about your own body. And I was just thinking, right, I mean, this question is how do we encourage our friends to be more confident on the, in themselves? And I was thinking there's two things, right? One, I think is if you are a parent and you are parenting your kids, I think there's still a lot of room where you can, I mean, brainwash them in a positive way. And I think that one still got some room for manoeuvring, right? The the mindset. But when you're an adult, right? I feel like as friends, we can only tell you so much because it's really up to the person or yourself to be open-minded to the message. And I guess the only thing we can do is be there, but I don't think we can really change their mindset because you're an adult right and I guess when you, as you grow older people just become more stubborn <laughs> and there's very little maneuvering in terms of brainwashing so it's really up to the individual to 
make decisions for themselves and be open to that help and be open to positive influences. Yeah, I agree. I think it's very difficult for an outsider to try to convince someone like me five years ago to then change my mindset and feel okay. So I think it's very important to encourage people because the root problem is how you view yourself and how much importance you put on your looks, right? So like you say, I think it is very, very important to get this message into a young girl growing up that you are worth so much more than just your looks and not to attribute your self-worth to how you look and how your body looks like. I agree with Pin. I think like it's so much easier to instill this concept in a young person rather than trying to convince an adult that this shouldn't be the standard of beauty and you should embrace your mm. own body. I think that is definitely like much harder. Like Pin said, I think parents have a very big responsibility in terms of educating kids on embracing all kinds of body types. But I think also having a um, healthy functioning body is definitely much mm. more important than looking, trying to look perfect mm. for someone. I actually came across this YouTube video recently that there was this girl, she was trying to share with audience about a health issue she had. And then she had multiple surgeries, which left some scars on her stomach. And I think that's one very interesting thing that she said that just the beginning of the year, she said that she wanted to get abs for that year. And who knows, just a few months down the line, she went through the surgeries and she had scars mm. and she just couldn't, obviously couldn't work out so hard anymore. And after the surgery, she really just wanted to have a healthy body. And I think this story really comes to show that it is just far more important to have a healthy body than anything else in life. And obviously having abs or having that so-called perfect body is nice to have, but you know, it's also okay if you don't have it. So we spoke a lot about how parents play an important role in instilling a positive mindset for their children and for younger girls. But I'm curious, you know, as a friend and as an adult, what can I do as a friend to help encourage friends who face body image issues? I think just reiterating the idea, and I know we say that this is more difficult when you say it to an adult, right? Because if it's deeply ingrained in your head, then it takes super long to get that out of your head. Yeah. But I think just reiterating the idea that, again, your looks is not everything. Because I think it is a much more important message than telling the person that, oh, no, but you you look great Mm. or like, there's nothing wrong with how you look. I think if you tell that person Mm. that, it might convince the person for two seconds. Mm. But on a bad day, the person will just go, oh my goodness, I look terrible again. Whereas I think the key message should be, your looks are not everything. And just trying to change that person's mindset. And maybe seek professional help. I don't know. I guess seeing a therapist will help. Mm. Actually, that's a good point. Because I realised I will always just say, no, you look fine, you look great. Mm. But actually, it's sort of like a non-statement. Like, why am I even saying that? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it doesn't carry weight. And secondly, it's a bit like, ne- uh, actually, is it negative? I don't know. But it's a non-statement. It's like, you say, but got no impact on. <laughs> just safe yeah. to say only. So actually, the better message, which is a very good point for your opinion, is that you should say that it looks not everything. That should be the message as opposed to, no, you look fine. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm not even sure like what to say to someone who is going through difficult times about their own body image because I feel like whatever you say is not going to register in their mind mm. unless they really have the will to change their mindset. I think, like I said before, the example of the girl going through these difficult times and multiple surgeries, I think it really takes maybe like a life-changing event or a certain trigger in their life mm. to really make them to want to make a change. 
And it's really hard for someone else to do that unless that person is really willing to do it. Mm. And like I say, if your friend is going through that and like what Crystal said is I think the best you can do is really just to be there for them and making sure that firstly, maybe being aware of that problem is really the first best step you can have in yeah. making a change and encourage them to have an open mind to deal with such a problem. Yeah, yeah, agree. And I guess to round this off, I think another thing which is like the example that I was giving earlier I mean, this is not really my way of dealing with it, right? I just deal it because I'm like also a kind of an introvert. But I think that if there are certain triggers that make you feel even worse about yourself, then delete those triggers, aka Instagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you watch shows and you're like, oh my god, the Korean girls are so pretty and I'm not, uh. then stop watching the Korean shows. Yep. If there's someone who constantly talks about beauty standards in front of you, then don't be friends with them. Mm. And I think that's maybe the next step after having the open mind lah. but yeah. you should try to remove these negative influences yeah. from you agree I think one thing to just add to that and this comes back to the point of diversity that Reg mentioned earlier is that I think the media should have some sort of responsibility to what kind of messages they are sending out because I feel like if they include a diverse sort of models or mm. whatnot in shows yeah. and things that people watch, mm. then it just makes people feel yeah. like anything is acceptable, right? Because if you only have like pretty people, then you're yeah. giving out a very different message. So I think that's also very important. Have you guys watched the Rihanna Fenty fashion show? It's so good. Oh, no. no. Sorry, this is a side point. It's very diverse. And re- like body shape, race, everything. Mm. It's really good. You should watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I think like in the fashion industry, there seems to be some shift towards that. You can you start seeing some of the yeah tiring more plus size models. Yeah. Uh, different skin color, different race. It's pretty good. Yeah. But more work needs to be done. Yeah. When you shop online, you'll see like different size people, which is great, right? Because last time you always only see yeah. really thin models. So yeah, hoping for a better world. Yeah. Yeah, I think the diversity in terms of representation is not just on body types, but I think it's also on, say, facial feature and also, like, yep. ethnicity. Mm. Having someone who is Asian-looking, so having someone who is, you know, African-looking, who is acting as the protagonist of the show, I think that would really shift how we think a hero should be, for example. Yeah. And knowing that this person who is so successful in this show is a Chinese person can really make you feel that, oh, I could really relate to this person. He's Chinese or she is Chinese and she's in a position of power. And that could really help you uh, understand that really success is not just about having good looks. It's also about a lot of other things. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and follow us on your favourite podcast players including Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And please leave us some ratings and reviews. We would also like to hear from you. So drop us any questions at asianmilesapart at gmail.com. Lastly, if you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram at asianmilesapart. Bye!